Yeah, bro. No, I had I had a look through your setup and watched a couple episodes, and bro, you 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 you've got it locked down. It's so mean. I appreciate it, bro. I appreciate it. I'm gonna hit us with the intro. So, g'day, guys, and welcome to the Bradley J Driver Experience. It's obviously Brad here, and today I'm excited because I've got a guy who, funnily enough, popped up on my TikTok feed like fucking three <laughs> weeks ago, and I was just pissing myself laughing in hysterics. This guy is a comedian based out of NZ does some stand-up stuff, some stuff on social, and just seems like a really good guy. Joe Damon, how are you, brother? Oh, Bradley, appreciate you having me, bro. Man, means a lot. Let Maybe keep the TikTok um, chat down, but apart yeah. from that. <laughs> <laughs> bro, it's, it's funny, isn't it? It's a weird world on TikTok. It's, um, it's sort of, I've been just fucking getting into it the last month while I've been stuck at home. And it's oh, weird, I'm man. It's actually bro. a bit of fun. It's so yeah, it's so I'm addicted. It's as pure. If fourteen year olds weren't really good at it, then I wouldn't be as embarrassed. But because they're yeah. way better than I'll ever be, that's why I've got a shit on it. Sorry, bro, I can't. Sorry, nah, bro, go for it. Fucking whatever. I'll just put eighteen plus on the episodes, especially this one. So it's um the thing that got me, man, is on. It's funny. I've explained this to someone before, so I can't remember who I was talking to, and I was talking about comedy. Actually, I was talking to Marty Haynes, a guy who's on. He's like the number one like breakfast radio guy in, in the Illawarra, yeah. in Wollongong area. And we're chatting about comedy. And I'm, I was never a massive fan of stand-up because I found that like probably 80% of stand-up that I watched, I didn't find that funny. Because I can imagine yeah. it's really hard to write material, right? And stand in front of a crowd and deliver something that's consistently funny for like an hour. But yeah. I started like sort of exploring it a little bit within the last sort of six months, a year. And one of my favorite guys is Ricky Gervais. Like I find him heaps funny, toes the line like a motherfucker. Like he just gets away with so much. And then I'm fucking scrolling through TikTok and there's some 14 year old hitting a dance. And then next minute you pop up and I hear (laughs) your little one minute clip about, um, about meeting some bird in like some bird in England or something like that. Do you know the one I'm talking about? Right. And, and I was like, I, yeah, was, yeah. I was crying, like I was crying with laughter. And I remember thinking, fuck, this guy's funny. And then you just kept popping up in my feed and I followed you. And then I was like, I went in and had a look on Insta. I'm on Insta more than anything. And mm. fuck, man, like you've got some really cool shit. And I had to listen to the podcast and I didn't know that you podcasted before I even asked you to be on this. So it worked out well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I, pre- I appreciate it big time, man. I, the funny, the funny thing is, I think I actually, uh, I came across, I would have came across your Instagram because I'm way more active on Instagram. Um, like probably, yeah, maybe when you first started your podcast, um, and so I'd, I'd actually recognised your name when you messaged me, um, which is why, yeah, which is why I'm so appreciative when you when you reached out, but um, that's so funny that you caught that on TikTok, bro. That that story is almost half true. So for anybody that's um, like not too sure what Brad's on about, I tell the story on TikTok um, about how this couple, when I was backpacking in England, um, basically asked if like I could be a cuck for them, and if you. If you don't know what that word is, I, I, I won't go through the explanation. <laughs> but, <laughs> but they basically offered me to, to be this thing um, for money. And, and pretty much the whole story is true, except for the last part. Um, that didn't go through w- w- with the act. But I mean, 
so sometimes I will just tell people that I did it just because they're to laugh too. So yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And I guess that's a part of it. And one thing that really, I guess, I'm super curious about is, I guess your your beginnings in this because it's it's one thing to be funny on social. Like I think there's plenty of people that are that are a laugh to watch on social, and I've got mates that sure. you know put stuff up on social and you think fuck they're funny like. They're all yeah, yeah. consistently a good laugh, but it's another thing to write material and stand in front of a stage for an hour and be consistently funny. And I'm interested to hear how you got into this. When did you realize that you were funny enough and creative enough to actually stand and deliver comedy? Um, oh man, it's full of compliments, but I really appreciate it. It's, um, so my my thing my thing was really funny. I I actually always had to like do speeches and stuff. Um, I don't know if you know much about like uh, Maori culture, but in particular, so I'm half Maori, half Fijian. In particular, in Maori culture, there's a uh, there's quite a big um, custom where at uh, at funerals, um, in particular, uh, you kind of have to get up, say a funny speech about some about you know the person who's passed away if you know them. And um, on behalf of your family, and then you sing a song at the end. And so I grew up because my my dad, my old man's a little bit shy. I grew up kind of doing that shit yeah. as a little kid. And then so I, I was completely, you know, sort of naturally um, progressed into it. And then um, I didn't really get the confidence to do it until I started posting like stupid ass statuses on Facebook, and they weren't going viral or anything, bro. But they were just like making my mates crack up. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And then, yeah, it was literally something small like that, just posting that. And then I was at quite like a big crossroads in my life um, and my career. And um, I was working in property development and then just kind of was um, was done with the grind and was over there and then just thought, fuck it, I'll just give stand-up a go. And then um, that was almost three years ago, bro, so I haven't looked back since. But that was, uh, that was really it. Just I was lucky I got to grow up, you know, in it a little bit, but it was um, – getting the confidence from my mates that's what pushed me into it really see it's funny because we've got a similar story there where you're in property development i'm in real estate but i'm just not a funny cunt so (laughs) (laughs) i guess that's where it differs but it's uh, your goal goal, brother but you're fucking good you're a fucking good host man i'm I'm already yeah i'm already feeling like man you've, you've got it down pat no i really appreciate that man and it's yeah so i'm looking at that and i'm thinking and i actually listen to it's funny because I asked that question about your beginnings, I guess, for the audience. But this morning I was listening to the latest episode of your podcast and I probably got about three quarters of the way through before I started setting this up. And you spoke a little bit about your beginnings and some of the people that had an influence on you, you know, in your comedy, getting into the industry. And one guy, yeah, that yeah. I, obviously, I think everyone in Oz and NZ followed Johnny Danger and it's cool to hear yeah. you reflect back on that and what you got from him as, as what seemed to become a mate and a guy that you knew quite well. What's your sort of, I guess everyone, you know, musicians, artists, whatever you do, you've got someone or a style that you like. Do you have a style in the yeah. comedy that you do? And keep talking, bro, and I'm just going to turn my fucking washing machine off. So I'm going to disappear for like 30 <laughs> seconds so I can fucking hear it hissing. Make sure that keeps going, bro. Um, yeah, no, my, my influence is like the, the funniest part is um, like a, what a lot of people find quite funny is my influences haven't really come from stand up. So 
Um, I talk about this quite a bit on my podcast and I appreciate you listening to my latest episode, bro. Um, but, um, a lot of my influences have actually come from, from music. So where I, um, I sort of came up with this big plan for myself, um, you know, using social media and trying to build like a community, um, um, who's like a big, you know, it's a big influence of mine. I can't like, I'm not a huge fan of his music, but like I'm a big fan of him as a person. Um, who, who did you so say? say like, sorry, because you cut out for half a oh, second there. Sorry, bro. Tyler the Creator. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Rapper, yeah, bro. It's so, it's such a random it's such a random reference, eh? But um, yeah, I find most of my influences actually come from music. So, um, no, that's I, cool. I take on. Yeah, it's real. It's real random, and then um. It's it's probably just a strange thing. Yeah, I I, I probably get more influenced from uh, people not in my art. Um, writing, directing's my uh, like you know life lifelong goal, and um, I just finished a director's internship with the New Zealand Film Commission. So like directing and writing is what I really want to do, and so yeah, cool. you know a lot of my biggest influences are in that space. So when you say that, um, like writing and directing, do you mean purely for comedy, or do you mean like for for movies, shows, like just production? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So film and television, bro. And um, I mean, in all honesty, like, obviously, I love comedy and like that's everything I do. But um, most of the stuff that I've written uh, myself hasn't, you know, hasn't gone anywhere and they're in different stages of development, but it's like drama, um, you know, a bit of thriller, a bit of mystery. So like just random ass shit, man. Um, that's funny, man. Like I, I think like anything in life, whatever you're doing at the current provides a platform for what you do next. And it's, you know, do do you get people ask you like with those goals writing? So like, say you're writing a fucking drama, someone goes, well, do you get anything from being a comedian and stepping on a stage? I think you would, right? You get confidence in the material that you're able to produce. You get ideas. It's just creativity. And it creates a platform ultimately for you that if you didn't have the thousands of followers you've got, socially to then have the ability to go and leverage your work in the next yeah phase. yeah yeah you know what i mean yeah and i mean you're 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 obviously in, in the exact same um frame of mind as i am and that you know we're utilizing this tool that sure at the moment i'm making you know when you're doing podcasting but we're building up that audience that whenever we want to do whatever we want to do we can go and, and do it and um and that was what I referenced in my latest episode um, of my podcast was like danger just started off doing stupid ass videos from Snapchat. And then he, you know, for a few months had the most popular beer, um, you know, in the country he had people lining up for hours to buy his beer. And when I saw that, I was like, sure, I'm doing silly videos now, but I gained that audience and build that trust. You know, I can bring them along to what I really want to do in the future. So, yeah. Um, and I mean, you're, you're obviously doing the exact same, bro. And it's, yeah, it's yeah, always. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because I had a similar conversation with a mate recently about real estate. And he said, how does real estate help you? Like how does selling houses? And because and I saw houses quite differently. Like I don't wear a suit and tie. Like I do like t-shirt jeans. I'm kind of, I guess like the black sheep of the real estate industry in Wollongong. Oh, mate. But so different. That. Yeah. And it's funny because people ask me how that's helped the podcast. Well, like I'm 23, most 23 year olds aren't taking that seriously yet. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. So most people at 23 aren't taken seriously yet. 
And I'm yeah, still yeah. a fucking idiot. Like I, I had a fucking video on TikTok the other day with a fucking aluminium foil hat on. Fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. That song from that Vetus dude. But I can I still, think- I've built, <laughs> yeah, I've like, I've built enough reputation, I guess, from a business standpoint that at 23, I can still do some stupid shit. But people yeah, take man. me seriously when I, when I need to be. And I think sure. it's, it's just building platforms for your next, for your next journey, for your next chapter. Which is exciting because that's what life's about, man. Just fucking picking a new challenge, tackling it, achieving it, and then having a crack at something else. Absolutely, bro. Because, like, for you, what was? I mean, obviously, real estate—that's uh, like you know every everything you're doing in regards to your career, the podcasting. Like, what what do you see yourself moving into next? Um, bro, you know, I, like the rest. I, I love this. Like for me, my yeah. my strength has always been communication. Like there's, yeah. I, I talk about it and I spoke about it on, I think it was episode four of my potty when I was sort of talking about my life. So I was, I was born with cystic fibrosis, which is a chronic sort of lung and liver and whatnot. Yeah. So um, it's sort of a serious condition, but I was blessed with amazing parents that really set my life up to be super healthy and just, just yeah. amazing. So I've, I owe a lot to them, but they say that like the first fucking words i ever spoke like i'd never said a word in my life the first thing i ever said was some old lady was tickling me and i was like no don't do that like i was just a fucking talker and, <laughs> and like just ever since i could remember like i could just have i still, I still say that when old ladies tickle me bro so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and i'm like i can always remember just being like young being like three four years of age and being able to walk up to a group of guys that were like in their 20s kicking a footy around introduce myself and find myself in a game of footy yeah. and I was yeah. always just been able to talk and just connect to people that I didn't know or had no idea about what they'd done so it was just yeah. building relationships and communication and I guess that's what helped me like my first career move was as a PT like most kids you leave school at 16 I was good Crazy. at school, I hated it so I went and done yeah, PT yeah. for a bit and then sort of realized that I wasn't about the whole no junk food life. <laughs> I couldn't keep the straight up forever as my metabolism <laughs> dropped. Yeah. yeah. So I kind of like fucking decided I wanted something that was more of a career to work on. Found myself in real estate and my strength was like a week in. My thought was, well, I don't have any of the clients or the connections that these guys have. And yeah. I don't have the years of experience behind me. But what I do have is the ability to communicate and just share a message so I'm just going to do live videos on Facebook and Instagram and like put out content about property. And then that yeah. snowballed effect into me getting an opportunity to go and sell high end stuff in Melbourne. And then I found myself back here in like, you know what I mean? Like it just kept transitioning into new and different ideas. And yeah, eventually the, the, I guess the want to share more powerful and sort of inspiring stories and funny yeah. and humorous stories through a platform and I had the idea to just kick the podcast off. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, we're, we're obviously both like, we, we are so aware of new age media and that, you know, I think a lot of these old guys, they, they still have that frame of mind where to gain trust, you have to be annoyed constantly for weeks on end. Whereas you and me know damn well, you can earn someone's trust over 10 seconds. A hundred percent. Yeah. And that's all it is. Um, 100% man. And it's like, for, for you, what age were you when you first stood on a stage? And keep talking, I'm just going to check the camera. Yeah, so far. Um, so I was 21. I was 21 when I first got on stage. So that was about three, yeah, three odd years ago. Um, 
and uh and yeah man i i just wasn't uh i i wasn't you know sort of happy with my career i was uh in uni interning sort of doing the whole career you know traditional career thing um as you would perceive as well um you know having a pretty good job in in uni a lot of people would, would look at that and be like all right you're on your way but i was uh i was pretty miserable hated hated my job um the career itself it wasn't particularly enticing for me and so I just kind of uh, sat down hit a reset and was like all right what are the things that I want to do and so I made like a list of things that I wanted to do um stand up being one of them and then yeah and then that that's sort of what led led me to to where I am but yeah that was about 21 that I sort of sat down uh, uh fuck property let's go do something else <laughs> yeah and it's it's funny isn't it like I think the the thing that shocks me about the world we live in is how people struggle with self-awareness. I'm like sure for me, that. I can, I can pretty quickly figure out if I'm on the right, right track or not. Like, am I yeah. doing something that's actually giving me some sort of happiness or an actual direction yeah. that I want to be moving in? I think a lot of people just lack the confidence to make a change. For sure. For sure, man. I think like your, your parents sound like they would have been exactly the same as mine and that, um, you know, they, they taught us to have like the freedom um, and uh, and then, but you know, they were kind of guiding us on the way there too. So yeah, yeah. My parents were always big on um, you know, you don't have to do this because everyone else is doing it, uh, and th- and that's why I was lucky to you know, sort of we're all sort of figuring ourselves out to to have that ability to be like, no, I want to go do something else. Yeah. Um, but I know, my, I know most people aren't, aren't lucky to sort of have that influence in their lives. But yeah, that that was um, that was kind of what I was I was lucky to have um, because a lot of people don't really figure it out till like they're in the thirties or forties, and 100%. then by then, yeah, I then you know how you old are kids, you now? Twenty four. Oh, hey, fuck! You're still young, man. You're making out. I'm a fucking baby. Yeah, no, I look, I look horrible. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> actually, I'm twenty four. Bro, I was, I was saying oh, no. on my fucking Insta story this morning, I was saying, fuck, man, I'm 24 this weekend. I got a motherfucking pimple just fucking sitting right on my fucking eyebrow there. I'm like, when the fuck does that shit stop? Oh, mate, there's nothing better than a pimple to bring you back down to earth, eh? Like, right, 100%. It's actually funny because get... I'm thinking, getting on here with a ruthless motherfucker like you, I'm like, if he sees this motherfucker, he's going to rip and tear <laughs> some shit on me, eh? Hey mate, no pimple is the pimples are the one thing you're safe on because like I, I'm still getting those for days too, bro. So like I can't. I got a I got a cracker like just on my lip, but I'm growing a mouth just to hide it. So yeah, I'm trying to grow a mouth, bro. But I look like a Chinese rice farmer. It doesn't suit me at all. You know what? You're bad. I didn't see it until you said it, and now I can't not see it. I yeah, just... like one of those dudes in Bali with the fucking pointy hats on, just fielding rice. That's oh, the man, vibe I that I get. I can't wait to get a cup of white rice now. Chuck it in with yeah, a <laughs> <laughs> bit of chicken. <laughs> well, you tell me, like, for you doing what you do now, how many shows have you done stand-up? Bro, probably be close to 300, probably be around the 300 mark. Uh, I heard you saying on your, fuck, 300. That's a fucking lot. Yeah, yeah bro, probably be pretty close, pretty close to that. Okay, awesome. And I heard like, I listened to, I listened to Rogan a little bit and obviously he's big in the comedy space. 
Yeah, for sure. Funnily enough, like I'm not sure if Jay's listening to this, but I'm not a massive fan of his stand-up. I'm a massive fan of his podcast. Well, right. Yeah. Right. You are listening. I don't like your shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love the potty though, bro. Yeah, the potty's sick. Um, it's <laughs> fuck. Imagine if he was listening to this <laughs> and he's like, "These cunts, fuck them." Um, <laughs> I think it'd rate the confidence if I'm honest. <laughs> exactly. Um, so for you, like 300 shows in, is there a show that stands out or a moment that stands out that you feel like that's when you broke? Like, you know, with that moment when you're doing something you love where you feel like you've broken through that initial barrier where now, now this is kind of a big deal and I've got people that are following show to show an audience that's yeah, consistently yeah. engaged. Is there a moment you can identify? For sure, bro. So, so the show that I filmed that clip that you saw um that is 100 percent that moment for me so um i mean for me I, I knew the second i got on stage for my first ever gig i knew stand-up was going to be it for me um but the moment that i was like all right i can actually be like i always knew you know I, I've, I've always known i was going to be a good comedian um but that 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 show uh, that all those clips came from um that was the show where i was like okay i really think i can be um you know, like a really, really big, like a really big one. Um, I've always dreamed of doing it. And it's one of those things that I would consistently tell myself, you know, over and over again, like, this is the goal. This is what you're going to do. Yeah. But even, you know, even the most confident people have those second thoughts, you know, and those doubts and stuff. Um, but for me, that like cemented it in my head. And, um, and, and yeah, man, so that's, that's 100% the moment was, yeah, that was that show. You know what really impresses me about your comedy, right? Is how quick-witted you are. Like you can pick up, someone says something in the audience and you can pick up with it and run with it for a couple of minutes and actually make something out of it. Like that's the shit that impresses me. Because it's, you know what I mean? Like even though writing material would be incredibly hard, you know, you can sort of prepare your material and you sit and you obviously rehearse and practice yeah, and yeah. compose but sure. being able to run with something quick-witted, but then actually come back and, and still be on track and not lose the objective of running with the actual show. Like that's what impresses yeah. me. Oh, it means a lot, man. I, um, yeah, I really, really appreciate Really appreciate that. Brother. No, no stress, I think, man. I think with me, um, I'm quite lucky. And I mentioned this quite a lot to people is I don't really see it as a skill myself because I, I mean, for anybody that knows me um, and a lot of my clips and my comebacks and stuff, that's just kind of how I talk. Um, yeah. And like the rhythm of how I talk on stage is how I talk like in real life. Um, when I'm kind of, you know, when I'm in that mood, like I, I sort of have two moods where I'm, you know, can be pretty quiet and quite introverted, but when I'm just trying to talk shit, that's exactly how I talk. So I don't really see it as a skill because I'm just kind of, you know, I'm just like talking yeah, to me. Yeah, no, you mean. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, my favorite comedy is, is that kind as well. It's just, uh, you know, dudes sort of riffing on stage and, and talking shit. And so um, that's kind of just what I put out there. And, you know, I have, I have plenty of material that I do as well, but um, I think, yeah, I, I think I just save those for the shows. And then I, 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 the stuff I put out is me just interacting with the audience so that they know that, um, you know, I can do either one really. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's for me, like I watch, um, have you watched the documentary on Netflix that Kevin Hart won? Yeah, bro. hundred percent. Yeah. Bro, yeah. How, like, is that, is that goals for you? Like having, like, especially saying what you were saying before, like a passion for writing and wanting to direct actual shows, 
um, TV, movies, to have like your own productions where you still do your comedy, you write, you direct and do it all out of your own studio. Would that be the ultimate? Yeah, big time, but 100%. So I do have my own production company uh, at the moment. and Give it a shout out. Yeah, West Park shout out. Um, we've got one employee um, and he's incredibly dark and handsome. Um, but uh, you guys don't need to know any more about that. Uh, but, but yeah, bro, so, so it's, just, it's just me. Um, and the goal was to always, and it was, it was taken exactly from Kim. So my whole sort of blueprint, I'm just copying what Kevin Hart's done. Um, you know, building up social media, using clips. Uh, that's all stuff that he's done. And I, I learned that he'd done over a bunch of podcasts by him. So, um, so yeah, the production company route is 100% something that I've uh, got as, as my goal. So that when I get to that level, um, you know, I've already got this thing that I've set up sort of there and waiting. Um, so talk yeah, to man, with that goal, how do you see that shaping from obviously – I think I said it at the start of the potty, but you're from NZ, you're from Auckland. So like for, for yourself, how do you see that shaping in, do you see a lot of time spent in New Zealand or do you see yourself venturing out of NZ and over to the States or somewhere like that? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a, fun, that's a funny one, bro. I, I, I do get asked it quite a lot. Um, and in all honesty, I, I actually have no idea. I mean, one of my goals has always been, um, to, you know, do all of this on the biggest scale possible. And like, to me, that's, you know, the United States, that's the UK, that's Aussie. You know, we look at you guys as huge, huge scale compared to us. And obviously you are. So, I mean, that's always been the plan, but in regards to how it plays out, I genuinely have no clue. I just kind of, um, I kind of keep my goals and my plans within, you know, where I can see them sort of the next one to two years. Yeah. Um, and then as things sort of start to pop up around, then, and I start to sort of see how it could work, then I sort of work it in. Um, yeah. I mean, Auss- like Aussie is huge to me, bro. So like, you know, for that to be a, f- like the Aussies are big enough focus for me, um, let, yeah, alone nice. US- let alone USA, UK. So um, yeah, yeah, man. I'm th- I think if, in, in regards to bigger scale thinking, Aussie's definitely what I'm looking at, at least for the next, um, you know, year or so. Cool. Would that mean a move over here full time or just sort of basing yourself back and forth? Yeah, so it, it would be mostly basing myself back and forth. So the, like my next sort of um, goal, which is, um, which I'm lucky is working out pretty well. Could you repeat that? Could you repeat that, bro? You just sorry, sort of bro. So, sorry, but that's that. Um, it's that Auckland Wi-Fi. I, uh, it's um, so so my so yeah, my my main goal was, and it's and it's I'm I'm lucky that it's sort of shaping up well now. Was to be going back and forth between Aussie, still being based here, um, but then having all my work here flexible enough to go over, um, sort of back and forth. Um, yeah. Because what I found already gigging in Aussie um, was if you're a, considered an international act, which obviously being from New Zealand you are, then you kind of get priority. But if I was to move over, then I would just become sort of a local. Ah, so, I get that. Yeah. Get so that. keeping that sort of international thing, um, but then making sure that I'm obviously able to support myself here. 
um, that's sort of been the goal and it's and it's it's shaping up but uh, yeah still got a bit of work to do for sure that's good to hear and talk to me about you you were born in Auckland yeah bro yeah I was born in uh, Wellington so capital of uh, New Zealand I got a mate so, from Wellington actually Mikey 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 listens too so fucking shout out little Mike what's going on shout out Mikey in all honesty I probably know since we're pretty much the same age I probably know Mikey as well that's M- Mikey Stickney Mikey what Stickney. That sounds like a fake name, but probably. Oh, bro, yeah. Dead set, dead set. He's a fucking. Actually, shout out to Mikey. He's a fucking bit of a weapon, eh? He gets on stage, like competes, like bodybuilding and that. He's a oh, fucking yeah, good dude. Good dude. So, right, Mikey, Mikey, I bet, I bet we do. We definitely will know people because Wellington's quite small, bro. It's like, I mean, it's 400,000 people, I think, but um, everyone, everyone in Welly knows everyone. It's funny because so, that's that, probably very similar to where I am here, like in Wollongong. I think we're, I think we've got like three hundred odd thousand people. Like we're in our, you know, Wollongong is an hour south of Sydney, or just on the coast. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful gonna, spot, bro. I'm gonna say it, but I was like, my confidence was a bit short on that one. So yeah, I feel like I should have just said it. No, nah, bro, it's it's a really really good spot, man. But it's the same thing. Like it's so it's small to a degree. Like it's big enough to have a fucking really good life here, but. Small to a degree where, like, you don't go anywhere. You don't go and get a coffee without bumping into a mate or, like, yeah, someone yeah. that you know, or, like, one of your parents' it's, friends or... Yeah. It's that one degree of suppression. Yeah, 100%. So, so tell me about That's life growing up. Yeah. Sorry, go on. Oh, no, sorry, bro. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was life like growing up in Auckland or in Wellington and then moving to Auckland? Like, do you, you know, just talk to me about your childhood, man. So I, I had a pretty buzzy childhood, bro. So I actually grew up in Malaysia. Um, fuck, that's the same as Mikey, bro. I swear to fucking no, God. No, sh- I think I am Mikey. I, uh, <laughs> I do fancy a bit of bodybuilding. That's <laughs> <laughs> it. There you go. Yeah, no, no shit, bro. Um, so I grew up in Malaysia uh, in India. My parents were working over there. So that's why my, um, you know, I think that's probably why like, I'm a, a little bit, I mean, I don't want to say like, you know, I'm different compared to everyone else, but um, I think I'm quite lucky in having a different perspective over a lot of things. So I grew up in Malaysia from like uh, the age of six, five, six to we we're back and forth between Asia and New Zealand until I was about 11, 12, something like that. Um, so yeah, man. Though I yeah, I was lucky to sort of grow over there and moving around a lot. Um, obviously, it's funny you get these sort of two sides if you're moving because I, I went to like a shitload of schools, bro. So obviously, starting a new school um, gets to know people quickly, which is why I'm kind of on both ends of the spectrum. You know, I'm really yeah. you know I'm quite good at meeting new people, but then I'm also quite like introverted into myself because my whole childhood was kind of you know, just going to new areas and you got to meet new people, but then yeah. you're like, well, fucking, we're going to move. So like, who gives a shit? Yeah, um, exactly. So yeah, man, just a childhood of contrast really. And and that's why you kind of get um, me, you know, at this age, an absolute mess. And uh, <laughs> that's where it all comes from. <laughs> no, fair enough. Fair enough. And when did you solidly actually like get to the point where you were in Auckland and how long have you been there for now? So I moved to Auckland for uni, so that was 2014, um, and uh, yeah, been been here since then. I actually I moved back to Wellington for a year, and then um, yeah, been here consistently since 20. Yeah. 
16, yeah. Um, and Auckland was just to get away from Wellington, yeah. I hear good things about Auckland, man. Like, I feel like there's a lot of people in Auckland having a fucking real crack at life. Like, I reckon I follow more people from Auckland than I do Sydney. Yeah, no, yeah, bro. I mean, it's it's one hundred percent the. Um, I, t- I tell people constantly, if you're coming to Auckland, you've got to love what you're doing. You know, real determined because everyone here is like, you know, it's it's pretty like dog eat dog out here in, in every single industry. That's why property didn't work out for me, bro. Because I was in an industry full of dudes that eat, lived, and breathed it, and I was just kind of like, uh, about it. Yeah. Um, and and uh, yeah, and so that's you know everybody in New Zealand because Kiwis tend to have this sort of you know relaxed and you know we don't really give a fuck attitude. Yeah. But everybody that doesn't have that moves to Auckland and tries to make something for themselves. Um, yeah. Not to say the rest of New Zealand you know is like fucking around, but I mean yeah, the rest of New Zealand's fucking around, and <laughs> that's why the rest of New Zealand hates Aucklanders. But to be honest, like I find there's heaps of fucking like funny humans in Auckland. Like that, like I reckon, like in terms of the the content that I see on social, that is funny and humorous. Heaps of it comes from Auckland, like yourself, Jimmy Jackson, um, Will Will Warua. If I said that right, he's a fucking. Are you bang on, brother? You, you got it. <laughs> like, there's just some fucking really funny humans over there, and I'm like, fuck, maybe I need to move to Auckland for a year or something. Fucking. Get some laughs on them, brother. Come get them. And the funniest thing, bro, about all the names you say just then, none of us are from Auckland, so it's exactly that thing again. That you know, we all come from far and wide because Auckland's like where you come to make your name for yourself. Yeah. And then, um, you know, it's no joke. We look at you guys as where we you, we go sort of next if we feel like we've conquered Auckland. Um, then we feel like we've conquered New Zealand. Then we move on to you guys next. Do you find that it's sorry, it's, uh, sorry, I cut you off there. It's my question was, do you find for yourself, right? I guess it's, it, it may be a little bit different for you because you're doing shows, but I find that, like I said, I feel like I'm connected to the shit that you guys do on the daily because of social. Do you feel that social as a platform has really allowed you to stay where you are without having to travel as much and get the exposure? For sure, yeah, for sure, man. I, I think that's why, um, especially us, us Kiwis, you know, we take to it so, so heavily. I, th- I think the, um, I, I think it's just that attitude that you know we're stuck in this little corner, and so the the way we get out is by you know social media and by putting things out there. Um, this whole attitude where, you know, we know how we're very very aware of how small we are, and we know that uh, in order to get out there, we've got to put ourselves out there. So. I think, yeah, that's, uh, again, that's probably why you see so many of us is because, yeah, there are so many of us because all of us are just like, well, fucking, you know, New Zealand's not big enough for all of us. So we've all got to sort of reach far and wide to find uh, our own little audience. Yeah, I get I get that. Um, it's been, you know, to be honest, it's similar here in Wollongong. Like I think well, people from Wollongong tend to find like Sydney is like that next step, which is Sydney is obviously like the Australian where I guess you guys probably see yourselves coming to if you were going to come over to Oz or Melbourne. Fuck, I lived in Melbourne for a year, man, and that was that was cool, but I was in the property game down there and just worked like seven days a week. Fucking, I, yeah. had, I had no life outside of my work, which 
I kind of regret now looking back. Well, not regret, but I feel like learn a bit from looking back now because I should have really fucking enjoyed myself a little bit more while I was there and experienced Such it. Yeah. Such a good city. But the, I mean, the property market, like the property industry there is nuts, so in Melbourne. Oh, bro, it's mental. Like I worked for a company that specialised in like high-end stuff. So like some of the yeah. houses, bro, like I was renting a little $345 a week apartment in, in a really nice spot, Correct. actually. Like it was, it was a cool spot, man. And I'm a heaps humble dude. Like people go, fuck, like you sell nice houses. You must want nice things. I'm pretty humble, eh? Like I can... Man, if I've got a bed, a lounge and a fucking telly, I'm pretty sweet. Like, so for me, like I was fine with that, but man, going from like living in just a tidy little old apartment to seeing some of those houses, bro, like insane, like $15 million houses and just stuff that you just got to have serious fucking even think about. Yeah, it brings you to your knees, eh? And I think... That was the funniest thing with me, bro. I think my experience in property development, obviously, you know, it's the same deal. I was, I was around around these multi-million dollar properties. And I think for me, I'd, I'd built up this whole sort of view in my head that my end game in property development was to obviously make a lot of money. But I was walking around all these houses and all, all these apartments and they were amazing. And I was like, you know what? If I had one of these, I don't think, I know I wouldn't be happy. At least if I made the money from like doing this. That's the thing. Um, and I think that's what... And, and that was what sparked my career change was, yeah, 100% what you were just saying is that like, no, I don't need actually any of this to like validate like myself. Um, so why don't I just go do something that I actually enjoy and then shit, if I can do it on the level that would have got me to that apartment, uh, but doing stand up, then that's unreal. Bro, you hit the nail on the head there. Like that for me, for me, that's the, that's like the mantra. It's obviously you want, everyone wants nice things in life. Nice things are amazing, but I feel like the Ferrari would feel a whole lot better if I got there and paid for that, having like really enjoyed the journey as opposed to because I was materialistic and chased the money because I think that's where people feel emptiness. And it's like, I'm a massive Gary Vee fan. Do you follow Gary Vee? Yeah, Yeah, huge, huge. I've got one of his videos saved on my desktop. I'm looking at it right now, yeah. Yeah, fuck. So, like, he's, for me, there's this, I guess, a quote that he says, like, you know that quote, I'd prefer to cry in my Lamborghini or Ferrari. And he's like, fuck off, you would. Like, you'd prefer to be happy catching yeah. the bus. And I feel, I feel like that's dead set, 100% truth. Like, if you're not 100% happy and passionate right. about the journey you're on, you just, you're on a road to failure. 100%, bro. 100%. And, and, like, for me, I knew it was the right one where, you know, I was broke as, like, uh, you know, needing to ask my parents for money constantly. Um, had sort of had nothing, you know, I had nothing to really show anybody, but I was like loving the journey. My parents weren't loving it. Um, <laughs> but, but I was, but I was loving the journey, bro. And I was like, you know what, if I'm this happy making $0, you know, sleeping, I was literally sleeping on my, um, on my mate's couch. Um, if I could even be, you know, making a little bit of money from this, like I'll be the happiest dude. And like, Gary V is always bang on the head. Yeah, yeah. you'd much rather be on the bus. A hundred percent. And bro, just hold that thought for one second because my camera's fucking with me. 
Bro, I get I get this all the time with my podcast, man. Like my my camera switches off every thirty minutes, and so I always have to like stand up, run, turn it on, run back, and then like. The one I actually bought is supposed to not do that. It's like the only fucking one that just goes consistently. But it's been a motherfucker today. But to be honest, like, I care more yeah. about the actual audio because I'm I got a head like a smash crab anyway. So what the fuck do people want to see me on camera for? <laughs> Same at me too, bro. Me too. Uh, yeah, man. But no, nah, no. Nah, bad, bad Gary v- and and a, a bit of Gary V advice. I mean, for most of us, you know, make has made huge changes in my life. But especially for me, so I, I resonate. I think so, it's, it's so, just very practical, isn't it? Like it's even coming from a guy yeah. that is worth what he's worth. I think there's credibility in his journey and the way that he got to where he is right now and the consistency of what he does is actually more so about the journey as opposed to the end figure or sure. financial gain. And for a guy that's, you know, his company's, his company's worth over a fucking billion dollars. Like yeah. that, that yeah. guy's got bank, but he's fucking walking around in hoodies that he's created himself with little fucking catchphrases and shit. So I'm like, <laughs> he's a man. A hundred percent. And it's, he, um, yo, no, oh, sorry, bro. I was just, no, you're right. I, I cut I, you I, off. Him, go. No, you're good. Him saying um, get on TikTok was the whole reason I started posting on TikTok. Same as me, bro. Same as me. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and see, my whole strategy behind TikTok at the moment is just to have heaps of fun. And like, it's funny for me because like, I look at some people on TikTok and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, like even you, dude, you've got some like fun, some fucking followers on TikTok. And like to have followers on TikTok when you don't post like, those little fucking trending dances is actually quite a feat because that's how most people get followers in that space. But for me, like I just, I've just been like sort of knuckling down and just having some fun on there, like having a laugh, like just being an idiot, making, I guess, making a dick of myself. And I put up some video the other day and I didn't even think it was nearly fucking as funny as what fucking everyone else did. But it was just me like doing something about Tiger King, that show. And because fucking Tiger yeah, King yeah, is trending yeah. at the moment, bro, like, I've got 100 followers or something on there, like, which is fuck all. But, oh, shit. yeah, like, I've got fucking nothing, but, right? I've got nothing. Like, I've got heaps more on IG, like, and that's still not many compared to what I do on TikTok. And the video got, like, yeah. 10 and a bit thousand views. And I'm like, that's not even the fucking yeah, funniest no. thing I've done. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, it's funny I mean, how that system works. Uh-huh. So my thing yeah, is like yeah, I build an audience yeah. just being a bit of a dick and then slowly start to drip feed more of this stuff in there. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's when like I can help grow this platform on TikTok. Bro, hard out. And it's, it's that thing, you know, gone is that old adage where you can only be the thing that people know you of. And 100%. I think that's what a lot of people get of is that, you know, they think if they put themselves out as this thing now, they can't just go change it. But I mean, the, the video that I have saved on my desktop of Gary Vee, he has a montage of of wine library that he did. Yeah. Um, and, like, most people don't even know that that was how he started, was, like, reviewing wine and shit. Like, no one could give a fuck. But that's, how, like, how he started this whole journey, so. You know what uh, I think will be? You know real, what I think will be? Like, a real eye-opener for a lot of people right now in this space is realising like, especially like for you guys, right? At the moment, you're in a month of lockdown. I think you just, you're two weeks in now. Yeah, bro, literally halfway today. Halfway so today. How, how crazy is it, right? That like, it's actually not that hard. Like, yeah, it's, you don't get to live your normal life, but because of my lung condition, I've been pretty much locking down 
in my house yeah. for like two, three weeks now yeah. as well. Yeah. And, and it's funny because I hear a lot of people during this time in Oz, in New Zealand, wherever they're from, talk about how much they're struggling to spend a month not doing the things they love. And I feel like coming mm. out of that, I'm like, so how do you then go back to a job that you fucking hate and spend the next 10 oh, to 20 sure. years being miserable and you couldn't spend a month at home watching fucking Netflix? Like, yeah. this yeah. will be an eye-opener for people, man. Like, this will be a moment oh, where sure. you come out of this and go, fuck, I, I, think, I think I need to make some changes in life more positively yeah. towards doing things that make me happy and healthy. Because, man, a month is nothing compared to wasting 30, 40 years of your life chasing something for other people's happiness. You're bang, you're bang on there. And, like, someone, yeah, bro, that's the, and the, the quote that I heard the other day was that had the same effect on me. It was, uh, it was like, sure, this month's going to be slow, but the month after this month is going to be fast. And no doubt all of you are going to waste it. So, um, bro, I like that. Yeah. And so, like, that was, that was 100% sort of what, what got me was that, yeah, if, if we don't use all this time that we've just been given, then we've got no excuse to complain when we've got no time. Like when it's, yeah. Um, yeah. Which is why I have such huge respect for you, bro. Is that like, you know, you've, you've kept just as busy, if not busier since being locked down. Um, whereas most people, you know, are using it as a time to just do fucking nothing. That's the thing. Uh, like I looked at this as a real opportunity. Most people like usually, usually my day to day, excuse me that's not rona um just a bit of fucking allergy i think um my day-to-day movements are usually pretty busy like i usually leave the house at like 7 30 in the morning and get home at like seven after training and i'm like I'm, i'm usually a pretty fucking busy human so like at the moment i've got the flexibility to tier my work how i need to to still be active in real estate yet yeah. You know, at 11 o'clock today, I know that you're fucking probably sitting at home trying to be productive too. So like the opportunity to get yourself and others who are usually too busy and out of the house all day on a potty is better than ever. Yeah. Yeah. 100%, man. Uh, and I think you're so, yeah, you're so right. It's the perfect time to get uh, people who are just constantly trying to make shit happen because yeah, we're all stuck at home. Um, <laughs> <Very like laughs> but I'm bold as yeah. fuck with this, like to the point where I've got a note in my diary to fucking message LeBron later today to be like, bro, you bought it home. Do you want to jump on a fucking potty? You'll probably never see oh, it. Bro. But I'm like, imagine it's, if you did. Yeah, it's no better chance. And, and to be honest, man, like when you hit me up, you sort of, um, you, I mean, you big time hit me and I was like, fuck, I need to be doing the same. I was like, I need to be hitting people up. Um, I, th- I think with, with my podcast, I think, I don't know. My, my hosting is nowhere near as good as yours, bro. So I think I just stick with kind of the sticking to myself, but no, nah, huge respect for um, using this no, month I've... as the, to take it, take it up a notch, bro. No, I appreciate that. And talk to us about your potty. Give it a bit of a plug. So for the people listening, it's called shit talk, but it's S H X T talk. Is that right? Yeah. 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 S H X T. And you literally uh, just type SHX and it fucking pops up straight away because it done this morning when I was fucking yeah. to get on, have a listen. But it, it interests me like how you find that platform and, and your idea behind it because you are, you are funny on it. You're fucking funny in everything that you do, but you sort of, you story tell a little bit more and from what I can gauge, sort of delve into to more topics around your life and, and what inspires you. And, and even hearing you on the last one, man, talk about, 
you know, Johnny and some of the guys that have inspired your career, you're sort of more emotionally aware in that podcast yeah. than you would be usually across social. So just tell me, like, what's your, what's your goal for the potty? Is it an opportunity for you to reflect outside of just being funny all the time or? Yeah. So, so, I mean, the, the goal since day one, man, was, was to always have the podcast um, as kind of this, this that, uh, you know, people will see one side of me, but then that was the side that I sort of stayed unfiltered on. I, I started off, I mean, that, that's a bit of a lie. I started off to be, you know, the next Joe Rogan, but then I think who I then decided I wanted it to be more like was Bill Burr. I, I don't know if you know Bill Burr. He's a really, really famous comedian. I've, and, I know uh, the name because yeah, someone actually yeah. told me the other day to listen to his to his potty. I can't remember who it was. Yeah, yeah so it's it's gold, bro. Like it's crack or bears, but he, he literally just uses it to bullshit. Um, and you know that's that's a podcast for like his biggest fans. Um, and so that's what I that's yeah. the mentality yeah. I took to mind was, um, you know, I'm not going to use my podcast as what I want to be known as. I'll just use it as like for the people that really, really, you know, so, you know, really, uh, really on board with my message and really on board with me, I'll use social media to to bring all the people in. And then, um, you know, anybody that listens to my podcast is obviously, obviously someone that sort of wants to be on, you know, on board even further. And so that's why Patreon is like a big thing for my podcast and just building this community. Um, Tell me quickly it, while you're on that point, what, what is Patreon? Because I hear you talk about it a little bit, and it's in the link in your bio, obviously. Just explain that. Yeah. To so, so Patreon, it's a it's a subscription sort of platform that um, you can just upload content to. So, I use my Patreon as a place to upload uh, extra podcasts where I talk even more in depthly about like sort of stuff. Um, it's real unfiltered, and then I also do vlogs, and then I make like a mixtape, just playlists of music and stuff, just heaps of random as stuff, man. And um, and then on top of that, I do like a weekly live with my patreons, and so it's it's literally just trying to grow this um, sort of little community, I guess, um, of people who That's just sick. who just want to support. And uh, we just literally just hit fifty today. Um, yeah, nice. And and from that making uh, I think like over five hundred New Zealand a month, um, which is enough to like cover my like monthly rent for my office and stuff. So it's uh, yeah the the big, uh, the biggest thing was just to have it as just this platform where uh, you know I can have like a really really intimate group of people that really support um, and just trying to and just kind of keep keep it as like a you know work it as like a little sales funnel. So I'm getting everyone in through social and then just sort of yeah. funneling them all down. Um, you know, to those that last little group that really, really um, like me, and that's cool. And the, the, I mean, that's the place where it's easiest to be myself because they've literally just paid for that. So, um, and I think I think the cool thing about like all these platforms is they just all intertwine, right? Like, I feel yeah. like the more yeah. the more opportunity you have to engage audience, like that's a big challenge for me now. Is heading into this potty, like. I've got like, four, I feel like the, I've probably got like 1,400, 1,500 followers on IG, which is fuck all right. Like it's just like a 23 year old guy from who sells a bit yeah. of fucking bit of property. You know what I mean? Like I found that when I started doing property stuff, cause it's funny, man, people fucking hate real estate agents. Like 
Most real estate agents are fucking happy. Yeah, they really Especially do. in Australia, bro. Like the they first really thing, do. as soon as I got into real estate, everyone was like, bro, what are you fucking going to go be a greasy real estate agent for? Like, sure you want to do this? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, like I feel like I can make a fucking change. And I was sure. surprised with like every time I put out like, I was really big in like putting out property videos. And actually, here's something mm. really fucking funny. Brown, Brown, you know Brown Cardigan? Yeah, of course, bro. Right. Yeah. They ripped yeah. the shit out of me on one of my property videos, eh? Like fucking Are you shit. Serious? Out and fucking ripped the shit out of me. I, I was pissing myself laughing, eh? Like. Bro, you gotta, so you gotta take. Do you still have. I gotta see bro, that. Bro, it's, it's I gone. See. I don't know why, but it's gone. Like it's. Oh, true. And I was just like, it was weird though, because they like shared it. They didn't share it on anything else, just on Twitter. And like it just fucking disappeared into. So I'm like, I don't know what happened, but like, I don't know, maybe they fucking violated Twitter's terms or something like that. But bro, a mate of mine sends me a text, my barber actually, and he goes, bro, they're ripping the shit out of you on Brown Cardigan's Twitter. And I'm like, the fuck do you mean, bro? Like, you're full of shit. And he's like, no, I'm telling you, like, you're getting the shit ripped out of you for Vandy Gracie real estate agent on Brown Cardigan's Twitter page. And I found <laughs> it and I was like, fuck, this is funny ass. It was, it actually felt, I was really curious because I was like, how did these motherfuckers find this? I don't know. Because what were they saying? Like, in particular, were they just like. Oh, bro, just like, there was, they, they put it up and they were just like, because I do heaps, I, for everything I've done, I do like property videos, right? And like, yeah, to the point where it's like, obviously you're trying to grow your platform as an agent as well. So like, you're trying to, yeah. like, as well as 90% of that featuring the house, like you want there to be like an intro where like, you're the one introducing the listing and it was like, sure. the, the thing was, it was this really cute little cottage in a nice area just outside of the city. And the intro was like me sitting in like the local cafe, which is fucking grouse, right? A really, really good little cafe. Having a oh, good and like intro in this house. And the day I filmed the video, I took two couples through to have a look and they ended up getting in like a bit of a bidding war and buying it by the next day. So by the time the video was actually edited, I had a really good feeling that this was going to be fucking sold, but obviously it was two days before Christmas. So you can't plan this shit. I'm like, all right, let's just film it. And at the end I'll do like my, my usual outro, but I'll film a secondary outro where it's like, this just sold off market, like hit us up for the next ones to come in the area or whatever. And so at the end I like done this thing where I was like, I always do this thing at the end of my fucking property stuff where I get, it's simple, signed, exchange, settled, then it's yours. But at the end of this video, I was like, it's simple. We just sold this off market and we'll catch you at the next one. And they're like, put it up saying like, motherfucker made a full video for a house that we can't even buy. <laughs> and bro, I was like, I was in literally in tears like of laughter reading this thing and like, just dudes come <laughs> It makes me laugh. It makes me laugh so much now because they were like, "Trying to grow the platform, just trying to grow." Yeah, right. The fucking fucking, the comments were so funny. eh? It was like, um, "How good this greasy motherfucker! This greasy motherfucker! Like, what's he trying to do? Sell coffees or fucking houses? Like." Yeah, fucking you fucking spluff having a latte or something like that. Like I was just, bro, just piercing myself laughing for like a full day, just like reading these comments. But then it just disappeared and I'm like, fuck, I don't even know how they found the video. So I found it so funny, man. But just like, I can't even remember what we're talking about, bro. 
that's so good bro you know what's funny is that if you'd like replied and like you know you were just like cracking up they would have been so on board with it too like they would have loved it yeah i did i did actually but, but someone i think someone deleted my comment because i like i replied and i was like pissing myself laughing as i'm typing this i'm like holy fuck like this is the funniest thing like how the fuck did you motherfuckers find this because like they don't follow me on IG or anything. And like the video was posted on IG because I think they used, yeah. they used like the one minute social cut that I had. So I'm like, they've obviously found it on IG and like linked my profile or whatnot. But I don't know if that's why it got deleted because they maybe linked a profile. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Without like, I don't know, yeah. man. So it was funny. Bro, I, was like, I, I, I don't know. find half the stuff on there. Oh, bro. Twitter's weird. Twitter's so weird. Yeah. But going back, to, going back to the moral of the story, like I, everything that I fucking put out, aside from being roasted once by Brown Cardigan, which is fuck, if that's, if you're going to get roasted this way, you want to get roasted. Everything oh, I put sure. out, man, I just get amazing support. So like jumping into this potty, like when I announced that I was going to do this, was, which I'm pretty sure was just into the new year, like really early into the new year, I'd had a bit of confidence to get this started and get the tech side of it down besides the camera fucking up a hundred times today. But like I no, had bro, like a bit of confidence to, to launch this and I was like, put it out there and I'll, I'll be interested to see what the feedback's like. And I just had really good response. And like you said before, yours is, I guess, a, a platform to share more about you personally. I've had, I've been privileged, man. Like I've been able to just through DMing people on Instagram, get some really cool guests on. And especially some people who locally as well in those first few episodes before I had any sort of platform to reach out to guys like yourself who have good local following and amazing response, like really good comments, heaps of people listening, like flicking me messages and sharing it to their IG stories that they'll listen into an episode and giving really good feedback. And then I put out the fourth episode, which was, I had a few people say to me, like, are you going to do an introduction for yourself? And I'm really open with my story, like about my, my chronic illness. And cause I'm really healthy. Like it doesn't bother me in any way, shape or form. And I, you know, people ask me about it all the time. Cause I take like 50 tablets a day. So like, if you know me or like you go for a coffee, right. I'm popping some yeah. pills. Like, so it's, it's pretty fucking oh, like, people are like, bro, this dude's like a fucking drug dealer or he's either like yeah, yeah, got yeah. a condition. So people ask me all the time. So it's never a topic that's avoided, but to actually sit in front of a mic and like, I guess for me, it gets emotional talking about like my, my family side of it. Cause I'm just yeah. so blessed. Like I've got the, the most amazing family that have like amazing, like just their work ethic to make sure I was healthy and in the position that I am now where I get to pursue and do all the things that I want to do in life without any limits is just yeah, like, sure. man, it's, it's just a real story. And I was a bit nervous to put it out there because you know, they're going to be listening. Right. And there's along yeah. with it, I wanted to be, a, a, I guess, a bit factual when you talk about these health things that, you know, like it's, it's the condition where like you've got a life expectancy of like 36 to 41, which I know I'll fucking yeah, kick out of the park, but like saying all yeah, those things sure. and knowing your family are going to listen is like, it's, it's nervy. So I kind yeah. of avoided doing it in the first couple. And then, after three episodes, I had a few people be like, man, you should share your story. Yeah, and yeah. Bro, it's been the most popular episode to date, which shocks me because of the oh, amazing guests I've had. Surprised. But people just want to know, like, the fucking person that's, sure. 
the host or, you know, putting out all this context or whatever you do, whether it's property, comedy, podcast, whatever, they want to know who the person is behind the fucking screen. For sure, bro. And, and like the biggest thing as well, man, is like I, I found with my audience, which is why I moved away from guests, and your audience will be exactly the same. They don't, they never give a shit you could have lebron james on and like your main your main audience are going to be they just want to hear what you have to say to lebron james and that's no different to this conversation and like i reckon that's such a cool thing that you have this group of people who just want your perspective on all these different things and your perspective in all these different conversations no 100% man and it's, it's kind of a blessing and like this early on like today your episode number 13 that 13 episodes in like and it's 13 episodes and i think just shy of 12 weeks of actually doing this now because i seen a photo the other day in my phone of like me holding all the bags from jv hi-fi with all the gear and i was like crazy it feels like a lifetime ago but it's cool that being able to gain some momentum and i just wanted to continue to grow and grow because for me, like the goal is, I don't know if you've listened to guys like Lewis Howes, Aubrey Marcus, Joe, like obviously Joe Rogan, those guys yeah, that yeah. have unbelievable exposure. And I've mm. always said like my message through this is like a good conversation can change your life, man. Like oh, for sure. whether that be positively, um, negatively for some people or just push you in the right direction and give you the little nudge that you fucking need to go and do the things you want to do. Like I done an episode two of my podcast was um, with a guy who's like a, I guess he's a speaker for a mental health non-for-profit that was founded actually here in Wollongong and to talk about his journey with depression and like a mate of his who committed suicide. And that's what started this foundation and to have people message me like, and this is two episodes in like when I'm only just getting a few messages and people saying like it's convinced them and their partner to sit down and chat to someone or it's helped them connect to a loved one who's going through a tough time and like to be able to share that wisdom even if it's through someone else's vehicle and their journey on my platform bro it's so rewarding like the feeling feels amazing oh just like and i was like man my goal is and i say this to everyone man i had like a fucking dream like a month ago that i was sitting on ellen and i'm like bro i want to be fucking like out there like sharing this story and sharing my story. And I think I forget sometimes the power that my story has off the back of the feedback that I got. And everyone's just got oh, a story, 100%. man. Like you just got to share. And I, I want the ability to, you know, I'd love nothing more than to grow this platform and this be my daily bread where I just podcast every day with great guests and yeah, yeah. share and share. And, you know, have my own little fucking Jamie who's standing behind the cam. So I don't have to go fucking turn the fucker back on. Yes, you know, the you know, like that, that's my goal, man. So I'm excited for this Amen. next, this next year. Yeah, man. I, and I'm fucking, I'm excited for you, bro. Genuinely. Um, I mean, you, you're way ahead of, uh, of where you should be after 13, you know, 12, 13 episodes. So, yeah, um, I've got all the respect. Can't wait to see what you do, but, I mean, it's the, this podcasting, it's such, it's funny because it's, it's such like a tough, it's a tough game, like getting all the stuff set up and, you know, like organizing and it takes so much time, but you know, you, you really love it when, you know, it all just comes down to the conversation and in that moment, you're just like, well, fuck, this is, this is the, this is why I do it. That's when you know you love it. 
and to and to hear like as soon as you start to hear that positive feedback and that's when yeah. you know that even if it affects one person in the right way it's fuck it's all worth it man so it's just um oh, patience sure. is the key as gary v says man if you're not patient you yeah right. it, so just fucking take your time so it'll get there every time <clears throat> every time you and, and I mean, I wouldn't have been able to, um, I've been doing it for like three years now. And for the first like year, bro, I was getting like 10 listeners a week, but because like the process is so, you know, like I love the process. I love the, you know, when people listen to your podcast, like they, they can say that they know you, they can say that they've had a conversation with you, even if you've never even spoken to each other. And that's why I like it. My podcast is so important to me is because, um, you know, as, as I keep sort of moving up um, and, you know, making progress in other parts of my life, keeping that intimacy, that, like, that'll never change. Yeah, correct. I, I like yeah. the way, <clears throat> I like the way you put it there. It's almost like a shortcut, a shortcut or like a, a way to create a relationship without actually sitting face yeah. to face with someone. And I was, to be honest, like I was a little bit hesitant about this. You know, you, you sort of gave me credit before for reaching out and, and pushing to get more and more guests on in this month at home. But I was a little bit hesitant with it because I'm a real fucking stickler for quality. Like I like to produce, like if I, if yeah. I put out a video, like even for property that I'm not happy with, I'm like, fuck, like, no, nah, I need to change, yeah. this, change that. So the first, the first six, seven episodes, yeah, I think the first six or seven were behind like me and a guest sat around a table like face to face, really good quality, yeah. no fucking little glitches or nothing. And it really fucked with me. Like the idea of, you know, maybe the fucking Wi-Fi will be a, bit, a little bit shoddy and we'll get some fucking audio reverb at some point. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. Maybe the fucking camera's yeah. going to fuck around cause it's filming the telly. But then I was like, fuck, like if I don't do anything at all, I'm just sitting here wasting a month and I've had really good feedback sure. off these episodes and the audio actually comes through not too bad. So it's, I think it's just yeah. sometimes you've got to manage your own expectations and continue yeah. to deliver. Like I think if you, it's good to be a stickler Absolutely. for quality, but if you, like imagine if you were never 100% happy with your whole show and you just didn't do a fucking oh, stand-up show for three years. How much momentum? You'd never do anything. Yeah. yeah. 100% man, you, yeah, you'd never do anything. I, I, yeah, I subscribe to the age old adage of, perfection is never going to fucking happen. So just do like, I think a lot of people, especially like our age, we get caught up in this, like, nah, I'm not ready. Nah, I've got to wait. But I, the thing I always tell myself is I'm never going to be ready. So why don't just fucking do it now? Yeah, that's it. Uh, Throw yourself in the deep end, right? Yeah, bro. Yeah. And I'm, I'm big on that. I'm big on diving into the deep end in any, in any situation. Deep. deep yeah, diving. that's it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, yeah, bro. I um, but I do, I do feel yeah, like that, that one little glitch, that one little audio mishap, that does always, that does always push you off. A hundred percent, hundred percent. And and the one thing I want to ask, I don't want to hold you up for too much, too much longer, man. But I want to ask no, before. I feel like you're a really open book, anyways, and especially what you do that allows you to be a little bit more open. But outside yeah. of your comedy and and what you put out to the world on social and through your podcast. Who's Joe Damon outside of this? Like, is there shit that you like doing outside of your daily hustle? Yeah, bro. So, I mean, my, yeah, my, my, like I, 
this is again this is one thing that i really love about my podcast is being able to talk about like so my podcast audience knows what i'm really like and it's very very different to like what i put out on social media not because like i put on a persona per se but i definitely have two different two very different sides to my personality and like me outside of comedy and social media i'm very introverted to myself my favorite hobby is going to the movies by myself and that's the first thing i'm doing once iso's over bro is fucking yeah. that. Um, and uh and so that's that's 100 percent me man i've always been you know for better and for definitely for worse someone that like i live in my head um yeah and uh and so i, I would just say that I'm i'm someone who you know, I, I, because of that, I, I'm lucky that I have a lot of self-awareness, but then I also yeah. have a lot of self-critique. Um, but I mean, I, I think I'm lucky in that both of those aspects are what kind of, I think, help me relate to people. So, well, definitely. Um, so I, I just try to be that, bro, to, to be honest, and just try to be as, as raw as possible. And I get a bit of shit for like not being, you know, sort of pristine and clean from, you know, a lot of like industry and, and that, but yeah um i just kind of decided from day one i was just going to be myself and anybody that wasn't on board with it you know it it didn't it wasn't a closed door but it was just like well this is what i'm going to be and up to you what you want to do man i 100 percent agree with that and just quickly you said you like to go to the movies by yourself watch a movie obviously that is part of you being passionate about writing and, and wanting to be within that industry and powerful within that industry What's your favorite movie? Like, is there a movie for you that, like, you know, everyone's got that movie that you could just fucking watch a hundred times and never get sick of? Yeah, bro. Yeah. What is it? Yeah. So my, I've got, I've, I've got a few, but like my two that I can watch over and over again would be Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Uh, and, and The Godfather. So. I've never watched The Godfather, you, hey. You haven't? Bro, no. I, I, so I, I love mafia movies. So like. Yeah. Casino is another like mafia kind of movie, so yeah. I, I love like that shit. Peaky Blinders, all that. Yeah, I dig Peaky um, Blinders. Yeah, Godfather can be a slow watch, so like if it's not your deal, I understand it could bore the shit out of you, yeah. but that's a good watch, bro. What, bro what's your favorite? Oh man, my my favorite all time is Catch Me If You Can, and I think it's oh, like, bro, I, I think it's just like the the whole storyline of like wanting to do something, finding a way to fucking like, I love that thing where he's, he's a doctor all of a sudden and he's like sitting on the lounge with a fucking bowl of popcorn, watching like fucking some sort of doctor's <laughs> fucking TV show and reading a book, like trying to pick up how to, I just like that idea of like, like we said before, diving in deep and like just fucking oh, figuring it out. That's, yeah, and I think that's why. Sent. The one scene that always gets me, bro, always whenever I watch it, always makes me cry is when he sees his little sister for the first time. Remember that scene? Like, and it's snowing outside. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Bro, I, you, know what, bro, you know what scene gets me? When he's standing in the hallway and he's about to go into his hotel room and there's that bird down the hallway who, like, the really attractive bird and she's obviously, like, a oh, high-class yeah. escort or something. yeah. And yeah. She comes into his room and she goes, oh, how much would you pay me for a night? And he gives her the fake check, but then takes change for cash. I'm like, that motherfucker. <laughs> man, he's, he's, yeah, he's yeah. the prostitute. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, this guy is a fucking smart man. So I, I dig it. It's such a good movie. Yeah, right. That, that's Leo's best movie to me. For yeah, sure. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Well, hey, man, I appreciate it. Great, great 
No, I appreciate it, man. And I appreciate so much you being on the show. Like I said, it's for me, this is my passion. This is my dream, my goal to make this what I do for my daily bread. So like anyone who takes time out of their day to be a part of this and, and to give their all and, and show off who they are behind the screen and behind the mic, it really does mean a lot to me, man. So thank you so much for coming on. Oh, but you too too kind, but then like I, I I'm glad like we've you know we've had a fucking awesome conversation. I know we're going to be good mates after this, but I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to being a part of the journey. I'm looking forward to being a part of the journey, and uh, not proud of you, man. It's this. Has I been appreciate that, cool man. And hey, if, you, if you're listening to this, please fucking five star it if you feel it's worthy. Leave a review, subscribe to the potty, because um, there's heaps, heaps more to come, especially in this next yeah. month of lockdown um, and for the year to come. So. Appreciate you guys tuning in and listening. Take it easy. Be safe and stay away from Rona.